Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. morning everybody and hey we're back we took two days off and we I'm back I feel refreshed and we're starting a new schedule beginning today our new broadcast schedule now is going to be Monday through Friday 9 a.m. Eastern that's 6 a.m. if you're in California on Pacific Coast time and uh, we're going to go till 1 and then we will have an evening show at 8 p.m. every night, Monday through Friday. Now, it's going to take me a little bit to get up to speed booking everybody in these new slots, but here's the deal. I got two of the 8 p.m.s already booked for you for this week. We're going to have E.R. Hotard, Evangelist E.R. Hotard on Thursday night at 8 p.m., and Victor Mrablag has signed on every Friday night to bring the word followed by the Demon Hotline. Now, E.R. Hotard also going to do the same thing. I'm trying to take 8 p.m.s and turn them into uh, demon hotlines slash preaching. So bring the word followed by casting out devils in Jesus' name. Taking phone calls. Mark your calendar next Tuesday, October 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to welcome back the return of Soul Bait and the Prophetic Hotline. It's going to be great. You can call in, get your prophetic word from the Lord. Looking forward to being back on with... Prophet Scott, Jen Lathrop, and the Soul Pate team, Chris Now Moore. Okay, and more to come. Well, let's get started. What we're going to do is uh, 9 a.m., we're going to do Speak My Word, start the broadcast off in the Word, and occasional dates I may have a uh, special guest on. We'll have Pat Roach on two times this month at a 9 a.m. slot. Okay, let's get ready. Let's pray. Father, Jehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for today. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this broadcast today, all of our equipment, over every one of us that will be tuning in, the speakers, our families. Father God, put a hedge of protection wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 around all of us. We ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to teach us your word, illuminate the scripture for us, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we pray this right now. Also, in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, we bind you and all of your demonic forces. We're attacking you from our position of authority, seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavens. We rebuke you and command you to let people go that are tuning in today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we also break any witchcraft our curses, every demonic attack coming against myself, this program, or anyone involved, we break it off of us in the mighty name of Jesus. For those that would attack, God pour out your goodness, mercy, and grace leading to salvation on each and every one of them. 
In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, as I find my place in the uh, scripture for today, we're going to be reading from the King James Bible. If you don't have one, I encourage you to get one. Everybody should have God's word in English. That's the best that we have. It's sufficient. It will get you to heaven, and it was accurately translated. If you do not have one, order one on Amazon. I like the Cambridge version myself, but any of the modern King James Bibles will do you. Get the standard edition if you get the Cambridge. And also, you can go to kingjamesbibleonline.org where you can pull it up online too as I do when I uh, am reading during these programs hey by the way someone sent me a message out there today and I just hadn't read it went back to find it and it was gone I don't know what happened I checked my trash box see if I mistakenly deleted it I can't find it anywhere but I think the name is Frederick and someone asked me where was a particular episode of Brian Melvin if that's you, please email me back. I'm hoping that I can recover the email, but I don't know what the heck happens. Sometimes emails are goofy. So I can find that episode and upload it for you. Um, speaking of uploads, yes, I do need to make this announcement. It's finally done. Just as some weeks ago, we uploaded all the Peter Whiffen audios that uh, I could locate. Don't have titles on it, but they're there. Into the archive. I've got all... 13 episodes of the Prayer Walker series that I recorded personally with Henry Groover right here on this program. Originally, I thought there was 12, though no, there's 13. And I've got even a bigger surprise. Now, I've put them in podbean.com, the omegaman.podbean.com. And uh, I'd already put a few in there, but I think they were missed because I put them in chronologically. And I didn't see enough people clicking on them, so I thought maybe people didn't see them. So, what I'm going to do and probably leave it up there about two weeks. I put them all at the very beginning of our Podbean feed. You'll see them right there. All 13. And then once everybody has uh, seen them, then I'm going to rotate them back into where they were chronologically. So they'll drop down in sequence. But for right now, uh, you'll see them at the top of the Podbean feed. Now here's something exciting. Many years ago, I was in conversation with Henry Groover probably back around 2013, almost 10 years ago. Can you believe that? It's been that long ago. He'd been home with the Lord for a few years. And I said, Brother Henry, you're traveling extensively uh, in Asia most of the year, and I know you're doing a lot of speaking engagements. Are you recording these? And he said, well, Brother, I don't think we record them. There, there may be some that record, I just don't think so. I said, okay, what you're speaking is too precious not to be recorded, especially for those of us that aren't there. We want to hear it. And uh, I'm going to send you, if you're, if you're willing, if you feel froggy, with a little micro cassette recorder. And actually, over the years, I sent three of these out. Not, I sent one to him and two to two other ministries. And Brother Henry was the only one that did anything with it. And I said, hey, I want you to um, just record when you can, and then if you'll send these back to me, I'll digitize them, and uh, we can release them to the people. Well, wouldn't you know it? He uh, did it, and I had the files, and I've looked at it briefly over the years, but I had not stopped to go through and process it. Too busy. Well, when Brother Hank Groover, his Henry's son, said, can you get those 13 of my dads up there? I said, absolutely. Um, I went today to look at the archive, and would you know it? I found, and I've already cut them, 14 never before released or probably heard by any one of you out there, including myself, uh, recordings of Henry Groover. Most of them are half an hour, or excuse me, an hour and a half to two hours long. He's using interpreter in most cases, and this is where he was uh, speaking at various churches. Whether they're in America or Asia, I don't know, but I assume that they're in Asia because most of the time he's got a Japanese interpreter in case, unless there was an American Japanese church. But I think they're all done in Asia, most of them. And so I got 14 of them, and I'm going to release them as a special series called The Lost Tapes, Henry Groover. 14 episodes, so look for those to hit sometime this week. 
I know you're going to enjoy them. Never before heard. Okay, I'm excited about that. Okay, well, I'm here to read the Word of God, and I found my place. We're going to start today in Exodus 34. And then coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Michael Cummins, followed by John Gogan. Okay, Exodus chapter 34. And Yehovah said unto Moses, Hew thee, that means cut, two tables of stones like unto the first. And I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. So if you remember the story, true story, God gives Moses the commandments and Moses comes down from the mountain after many days up there, 30 to 40 days, I cannot remember. And when he comes down, he sees the children of Israel under the watchful eye of Aaron, his brother, sadly. And there was almost a revolt while Moses was gone and to placate them, the people crying out for a God that they can see and touch. Aaron made them the golden calf, an abomination before Yahovah. And not only that, but they sat down to eat and rose up to play. It's believed they were involved in sexual orgies, sacrilege, idolatry. And Moses was so angry, he took the stone tablets and smashed them. The rest you can read about what happened. God's going to give mankind another set. And furthermore, in verse 2, the instruction of the Lord was, And be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed, Two tables of stones, like unto the first. Excuse me one second, I'm sorry. I hate to do this, but I've got to turn this phone off here. Uh, okay, got it. Okay, and he hewed two tables of stones, like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as Yahovah. That's his name. That's God the Father. Had commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And Yahovah descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahovah. And Yahovah passed by before him and proclaimed Yahovah, Yahovah God. If you read it in the King James, it would say the Lord God, capital L-O-R-D. That's just a placeholder. God's actual name is Yehovah. He is God, the Father. Again, it proclaimed Yehovah, Yehovah God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. You know, those are three categories. We'll have to go into that sometime. Iniquity, transgression, and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. This is very important. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. I found myself under that very curse. My brother and I, Damon, God spoke to me in a dream somewhere around 2005. First time it ever happened before, and uh, the last time God ever spoke to me in that manner. Not to say he couldn't do it again, though. And he spoke to me, and I heard him audibly. I didn't see his face, but I heard the voice of what I believe was God. And he said to me, You and your brother Damon have a generational curse you need to break. 
Of course, it was from God. I woke up, had no recollection that I dreamed that, till I woke up and laid my eyes on the Bible, on the armrest of myself where I'd fallen asleep the night before, depressed, seeking the Lord for some answers, and bam, it came to me. Whoa! I dreamt that. That's amazing. Well, I've told this story many times, but uh, yeah, we're reading about how that happened. In my life, maybe yours too. Exodus chapter 34. There was iniquity, transgression, sin on my dad's side. And because of the iniquity of my forefathers, God visited that down the family line unto the third and fourth generation. And I believe it was initiated through my great-grandfather involved in whoredoms, adultery, divorce, and even worse, Freemasonry. Died a third-degree master mason. That unleashed the judgments of God. Took him out at age 52. Died prematurely. His son, who was not involved in that, but was under this curse. My grandfather died at 58. And my father would die a year after I had that dream at 57. My brother and I were hit. And God told me, fortunately, when I cried out to him, what my problem was. We had a generational curse we needed to break. How do you break them? You confess the sins of your ancestors and of yourself. Many times the traps that your ancestors, uh, the sins that your ancestors walked in, iniquities subsequent generations a lot of times will do the same thing and uh, confess those sins ask God to forgive you stand on Galatians 3.13 the blood of Jesus and break that curse after you've repented somebody's got to repent of the sins no one had ever done it no one had ever taken action to do it and break that curse in Jesus name when we did it it set me and my brother free Somebody's got to stand in the gap. <clears throat> or that thing will go down until it's finished. It's judgments. God means business. People say the Old Testament doesn't apply there. Are you kidding me? Sure it does. We're to have the whole counsel of God. The Old Testament hasn't been done away with. Now certain things we're not required to do. Instructions that were given specifically to the Levitical priest. That's not done anymore. Jesus Christ became the sacrifice once and for all. We don't have to go in and offer up blood sacrifices and and follow the instructions given to the Levitical priesthood. But I'm here to tell you things like Ezekiel, excuse me, Exodus 34, verse 7 is in effect. It hit me and maybe hit some of you too. Truth be known, many of us are under are being uh, having the iniquities of the father visited on us or the mothers because of the sins that have been committed in our family lines. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin." And take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of Yahovah. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Terrible not meaning bad, but meaning woe. It's an awesome thing, very fearful thing. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant. Again, this is a warning. Take heed, lest thou make a covenant, an agreement, 
with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. A snare. What is a snare? A snare is a trap. It's something that hunters put in the woods. There's bushman craft, uh, they call it, I guess. And these are people who are adept at fashioning different booby traps, if you will. Traps, I guess, better word. To catch prey, catch uh, a rabbit going through the forest, a wild hog, whatever it is they want to catch and eat. And the animal, the little rabbit will be going through and it will put its foot down in this trap and then it catches the leg and it holds them there they're, they're caught they've ensnared ensnared caught trapped they can't easily get free and they're waiting now to be scooped up by the hunter to be eaten snare, a snare ensnared caught trapped the fear of man bringeth the snare. We were talking about that on another program. God is warning them. I'm going to drive these different groups out of the land which you are inheriting, which I'm giving to you. Be careful not to make any agreement with them. Or it's going to cause you trouble. Because God will hold them to their word. Any oaths that they make to others, and he's saying don't do it they're going to be liable for performing. But ye, talking about the whole group, shall destroy their altars. When we came to Bali, praise God, we were able to have two altars destroyed in my front yard. That really means something to me. Yeah, that happens in 2023 too people raising up altars on property break their images and cut down their groves these were areas where they had trees planted and people would go out there and do sacrifice and run around butt naked Wiccans do that to this day they have groves that they worship in defiling the land He says, cut them down, for thou shalt worship no other god. That's what happens when you have altars and images and groves. People worshiping another god. I think about some in the Catholic Church today. They have images in their house. Might have a table with candles. The Archangel Michael. Might have Jesus on the cross. He's risen. He's not still on the cross. I have a cross here in my office, but Jesus is not on it because he's risen. But images of angels and saints, break them, folks. This is idolatry. We're not to worship a man or his image. Think about the image of the beast. We're going to see it repeated again in modern times. There'll be a number associated with it. The number of a man, 666. 606 score and 66. Am I doing the calculation right? If you've got any of these idols in your house, you've got a Buddha. You need to break it. Smash it. Don't sell it or put it on Craigslist. Smash it. We literally had altars six foot tall with demons that sit on the throne. They're enthroned like little kings. They were smashed. When we came back the next day, the whole yard was full of rubble. The demons cried out, We will go, but send us to the waters. I prayed in faith, God and Lucy angels, to interdict those demons and take them to Tartarus. In Jesus' name. For thou shalt worship no other God, for Yahovah whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. God takes offense to you or I worshiping any other God. 
goes on to say, Unless thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice, and thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go whoring after their gods. This is a warning. Sadly, King Solomon didn't pay attention when his time came. That was his destruction. He married into these pagan families, Egyptian and the rest. And they did just what God said would happen. The wives came in, brought their gods. Next thing you know, Molech is raised up in the land of Israel. And they're sacrificing children. Back then they would take them and throw them into the hands of this graven image of stone with a belly they said that uh, was just a big pit holding fire and it throw the babies on the hands he'd roll right into the uh, stomach and be devoured by the flames now we go to the hospitals and we have the doctor murder our child I will say again any form of abortion is murder There are no conditions under which God allows for the murder of the unborn child. Well, what about the health of the mother? What about it? Many women died in childbirth in the Bible. They didn't have their child murdered so they can live. What mother would murder her child and put her child above her own life? Uh, Put her, excuse me, her own life above her child. Many do. What's that say about the people? It's murder. Better you die in childbirth and your child live than sacrifice your child. Well, the doctor told me to do the ambiocentesis and uh, take a sample of the fluid and let's just see if he might have some uh, possible propensity for gene defects so you can abort the child. I was asked if I wanted to do that one time. I said, no, what's the point? I'm not going to abort my child. child didn't turn out retarded anyway, but if, even if it had, you don't abort your child. It's murder. Today, we go into a clinic, and they murder your child. Back then, they just took him out and threw him into uh, the hands of an idol and rolled right into the furnace in its belly. No different outcome children murdered thou shalt make thee no molten gods I see them all over this area where we live on the island there's shops you can go to and they have these molten gods they they fashion them out of you know silver and wood and this case molten you know brass gold silver And then they worship them. The feast of unleavened bread, thou shalt shalt thou keep. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib. For in the month Abib thou camest out from Egypt. All that openeth the matrix is mine, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. But the firstling of an ass, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem. And none shall appear before me empty. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Oftentimes after mine mama Narita. It's Sabbath, no washing clothes. Wait 24 hours. We've entered into the time of rest. Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. You're not supposed to do any common labor. That's the day that God set aside as a Ten Commandment for the day of rest. Here's the commandment. We're reading it. God says himself, Exodus 34:21. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. What is the seventh day? Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. 
That's God's reckoning of time, the evening and the morning were the first day. It's Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Is work go back to work again. In Israel, everybody's going to work. That's the, the day that the work week starts. It just so happens that in the West, that's your that's one of your days off, your weekends, but that's not God's reckoning of time. We got it all kind of reversed. We think, oh well the Sunday's the Sabbath. No, it's not. Never was. According to God's schedule, but the Catholic Church under Constantine changed the times and persecuted the Jewish people who were trying to obey God and said, no, you're going to rest on Sunday. In veneration of the sun god Sol Invictus, if my history is correct. And the Sabbath has nothing to do with the day that you go to church. You can go to church Sunday, you can go to church Saturday. And people attack you if you have church on Saturday. Oh, you must be one of those Seventh-day Adventists. Why? And if you use the true name of God, Yahovah, oh, you must be a Jehovah's Witness. No, not necessarily. I know the name of God, and I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, and I know the Sabbath, and I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. We're unlearned in the West. We're raised on the traditions of men, and it's even worse now than when I got involved in the church almost 52 years ago. I say involved because my earliest recollection is age two, thereabouts, in the parsonage right next to my grandfather's church. I remember when I started Sunday school, age four. My mom took me to my grandfather's church, and I was old enough now to go into a classroom. There weren't many of us. I think there were about three in my class, but I entered in there. Sunday school was like going to regular school, you know, if you will. Uh, you start out in a particular age group, and then, you know, you progressed next year, and you're in another class. And I went to Sunday school, and I went to Wednesday night family training hours, they call it. We were always in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and if you're hardcore, you went Friday. I didn't go Friday. That was for intercessors. I was usually out watching a movie or something, but I went three days a week. Catholics, they go to CCD. I remember growing up and I had Catholic friends, some kind of after-school program for the Catholics. I think that's good. Keep people out of trouble. We need to be in the house of God and learning. But... We weren't taught the right way. And people meant well. They thought, well, Sunday's the Sabbath, and that's the day you go to church. You know, you shouldn't be doing any work on Sunday. They got the wrong day. I'm sorry, Chick-fil-A, you got the wrong day. You're closed on Sunday. You should be closed Saturday. That's the Sabbath. It's not according to the Western Gentile calendars. It's according to God's reckoning of time, which is based on an agricultural calendar. The new year just happened over there in Israel. It's not January 1st, the Julian calendar. Okay. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day, again, that's Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown, even today, thou shalt rest. Have I always done that? No, I haven't. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And there have been times in my life where I work seven days a week. Now, if you're doing the work of the Lord, that's not work. Jesus didn't sit home on the Sabbath. He was traveling with his disciples and they even pluck corn but the point I'm making here is you know you're supposed to not do any menial labor if you can help it I usually won't let my dishes stack up because we can stack them up quick that can be an eyesore and a problem but you know hey I'm not going to wash no clothes on the 7th got 6 other days to do it not going to wash my car I don't need to be getting a secular job and uh Sadly, you, many of us don't do it the way God intended, and you'll suffer for it. That's a day of rest. It says, In earring time and in harvest, thou shalt rest. Same goes for your workers. You don't put them to work on a, the Sabbath. Give them the day off. Got a store, close it down on the Sabbath. I operated the gun store, and I was closed on Saturday. People are pissed off. <laughs> 
What are you doing? Are you one of those Seventh-day Adventists? I said, why? Because I obey the Word of God? It says I'm not to make my employees work? I had an employee. My, my cousin Cody, he was an ex-police officer. He ran the store for me. I said, well, open Sunday. People were freaking out. I said, i got to obey God rather than men. God told me to do it. He told you to do it. Close your store. Open up on Sunday. The day you go to worship God has nothing to do with the Shabbat. Could be that you worship God on the Shabbat. Many of the Jews do. They go to the temple on the Sabbath. And have a special dinner. That's okay. Have church seven days a week. What's the problem? Ignorance is the problem. And we're not rightly dividing the word of truth, and we're ignorant for the most part in the Western world of the word of God and the power thereof. You don't see much power anymore in the churches either, sadly. Another sermon. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the year, that's three times. Uno, do, tres. Satuduatiga shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land, when thou shalt go up to appear before Yahovah, thy God, three times in the year. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. Neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover being left unto the morning. And the first the first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of Jehovah thy God. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in his mother's milk, meaning uh, a baby goat. You're not supposed to cook it in his mother's milk. Ooh, that'd be nasty anyway. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Write thou these words. For after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with Jehovah forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. That's the ultimate fast right there. But God hadn't necessarily called you and I to do the same. God does, well then he will sustain you. You're going to need him to sustain you if you don't eat or drink for forty days. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant. The Ten Commandments. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand when he came down from the mount that Moses wist not that the skin of his face he did not realize that his face shone while he talked with them. It was illuminated. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone it was bright and they were afraid to come near him and Moses called unto them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him and Moses talked with them and afterward all the children of Israel came near and he gave them in commandment all that Yahovah had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before Yahovah to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. Think about the word command. You've been given an order. You're expected to keep it. What has God commanded us to do? Something to meditate on there. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. It was bright. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. Okay, And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which Jehovah has commanded, 
that ye, talking about the whole group and us also, should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you a holy day, a Sabbath rest to Yehovah. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. If you're living at that time and you disobey this commandment right, we would be killed. Does God mean business or what? Ye shall kindle no fire through your habitations upon the Sabbath day. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahovah commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto Yahovah, Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of Yahovah, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet incense and onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod, and for the breastplate. This was a special offering that was going to be used. goes on to say, And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that Yehovah has commanded. There were people that were skilled with wisdom, craftsmen, the tabernacle, his tent, and his covering, his tacks, or tachets, and his boards, his bars, his pillars, and his sockets, the ark, and the staves thereof, with the mercy seat and the veil of the covering. They're going to build the tabernacle of the Lord, where God would dwell with men. The tabernacle and his staves and all the vessels and the showbread. The candlestick also for the light and his furniture and his lamps with the oil for the light. And the incense altar and his staves and the anointing oil and the sweet incense and the hanging for the door at the entering in of the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with his brazen gate, his staves and all his vessels, the laver and his foot, the hangings of the court, his pillars and their sockets and the hanging of the door of the court, the pins of the tabernacles, tabernacle, and the pins of the court and their cords. There's a lot of uh, things that made that were going to be necessary to construct this. The clause of service, to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons, to minister in the priest's office. Do you know the Mormons have what they believe holy underwear? Right at this moment in time, every Mormon male on the earth, I guess at a certain age, they have special garments. They wear except in the shower. Amazing. That's not biblical, but uh, they do it anyway. I guess they think they're God's priest. Well, they're not, but just saying goes on to say the cloths of service to do service in the holy place the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses and they came everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing and they brought Yehovah's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all the service and for the holy garments and they came both men and women as many as were willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets all jewels of gold and every man that offered offered an offering of gold unto Yahovah And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought Yehovah's offering. And every man 
with whom was found shittim wood, for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple, and of scarlet and of fine linen. It used to be that many women in America, especially in the 50s and 60s, used to uh, sew. Does anybody still sew? Anybody still know how to sew out there? Just, just curious. Sewing machines. I remember growing up, my my mom had one. She sewed some of our clothes. <laughs> As a child, we were so poor. She sewed them, and her mother did the same in the ministry. Made my mother's dresses. Anybody remember how to do that? I remember those sewing machines. Singer, I think it was. Okay. All the women, again, that had that skill, they spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and fine linen. And all the women, whose heart stirred them up in wisdom, spun goat's hair. Interesting. And the rulers brought onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, and spice and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering it was a free will offering unto Yahovah. Every man and woman, woman, whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which Yahovah had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, Yahovah hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled with him him with the Spirit of God, and wisdom, and an understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. I was thinking about that the other day. How there are people out there with real they're very talented. It's just innate. Where'd it come from? God. It was a gift. To play instruments, to draw. Some are gifted to sing. They can build things with their hands. And these are people who just can do it naturally. Now, I know you can learn many things. But you'll see it running in family lines. A particular gifting. It comes from God. That's pretty cool. Sadly, I didn't get that gift. I would like to play the guitar. But, oh boy. I'd have to take lessons, and then I don't know how far I'd get. I can't draw more than a stick figure. My mother can draw, though. And my brother, Damon, uh, he can draw, and he's got, he can make little sculptures out of clay, modeling clay. Not me. That's not my gift at all. But this, these young men had it. They were filled with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in the cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. And there's a lot of artisans here on the island of Bali. There's a whole city called Gien, I think it's called Ginyar, where you go in, the, you know, it's just a city of painters. And some of the most amazing artwork you, you've ever seen. Craftsman. Goes on to say, And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab and the son of Ahisamash of the tribe of Dan. Them hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman and of the embroiderer Embroiderer, that's a skill too. In blue and in purple, in scarlet and fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. I'm going to have to stop right there. We'll pick up next time uh, where we left off on Speak My Word. Thank you, Father God, for allowing us to read your word, for your mandate to speak your word. Bless your word that went out today, and the hearer. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen. Okay, we're going to go to a song, and coming back here in about five minutes, we're going to have uh, Michael 
Cummins from England. Welcome aboard. Kaylin, Fred, Maria, Chris, Peza, Teresa, uh, Gail, wherever you're tuning in from. God bless you. Um, question chat room. Your grandpa was the 33rd? No. No, not my grandparents. Neither of my grandfathers were uh, Masons. Um, but my great-grandfather, on my dad's side, was a third-degree Mason. So, dad's side, great-granddaddy uh, Reekin, which uh, was dead before I was born, was a master Mason, third-degree. And that took him out. He died at 53. Killed him, dead as a door now. Uh, I don't think he made it. I'm sad to say because even there were Masonic pallbearers at his funeral, so very sad. But that unleashed a generational curse. There was also divorce and adultery. So those three sins that he committed uh, took him out and unleashed the curse and the familiar spirit that went down the family line and began to kill people. Took my granddaddy out at 58. Uh, he pastored for 20 years, but killed him with a heart attack. And uh, he's in heaven tonight, but he could be here today, taken out by a generational curse. My father would die at 57. Took him out with cancer. Uh, he's in heaven tonight, but died before his time. And uh, this was a year after I had the dream. And sadly, my dad never got to break it. Um, now it was coming after me and my brother, and this was 2005, and we broke it. In the mighty name of Jesus, by confessing the sins and putting a stop to it, by remitting those sins, breaking the curse, appropriating the antidote for the poison that was circulating through our bloodline, Galatians 3.13, the blood of Jesus. Praise God. I think uh, 33rd degrees, those were on the Scottish right. Now, we didn't have any of those in the ancestry, but uh, that is something that will bring death into your family line until you deal with it. Hopefully, we deal with it before it takes us out, too. There we are. Let's go to that song, and uh, we will be back. I was invited one time, if I wanted to, to uh, join the lodge, and I knew what I would be getting into, and I said, thank you, and never contacted the guy again. Okay, don't want any part of that. They worship Ahura Mazda in the lodge. Satan is at the top of that lodge. That's a great song. I want to play it again later. I'm out of time. Let's go to our next program. We're going to get uh, Michael Cummins on the line. Now, if you're on Mix and Lore, I've got a reset, so it's going to stop the feed for a moment. Uh, get ready to restart. Here we go. <laughs> 